Hello and welcome to Sports Mall's latest episode of Sports Mall's Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill and we're here with our football editor Matt Law and we're here to discuss game week nine of the Premier League season. It's back after the international break of course. There's one point in it in our prediction competition so all to play for. Uh, let's jump straight into this weekend's action. We've got Newcastle versus Chelsea first up. Chelsea, Matt, they began to find a good bit of consistent form before the international break, didn't they? Uh, Newcastle are pretty much the picture of inconsistency. So on the form book, this would look like a Chelsea win. Uh, how do you see it going? Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Like you say, I think Chelsea have started to play you know, some good stuff, haven't they? And if they win this game, they obviously go to the top of the league, which is... Mm obviously very early but that's a big confidence boost for I think obviously because seen a lot of goals early on in the season then then went for a stage where they weren't really scoring but recently you know four wins on the bounce only conceded once you know scored four four three three and so as you have to look at the games and say two of the Champions League ones you'd expect them to win obviously the Premier League ones you would expect them to win as well but they're suddenly finding a bit of form it's a, it's a tough game this one I think if Newcastle had a full complement of players I think you'd say it's probably a bit tougher. I think Callum Wilson looks like he might miss out, which is obviously massive for Newcastle. Obviously, they've got problems elsewhere. Shelby, I think Shelby's back in training now, but I think he'll play, play in this game. And I think if Newcastle had a full complement, I do think they'll give them some problems. But Chelsea, at the moment, I think they're, they're playing some good stuff. Thiago Silva might be out. Martin Lee, I think he travelled back late from international duties. doesn't look like he'll play, but going forward, obviously, Kai Havertz has been out as well with, with coronavirus, but some really, Zayac has been fantastic. Obviously, Timo Werner's found a bit of form as well and suddenly got a lot of, comp, a lot of players going forward that can, can really um, do things in the final third. So, yeah, Chelsea here 2-0. Yeah, I've gone exactly the same. I think you touched on it there. Newcastle, with a full complement, I think they'd back themselves maybe to give Chelsea a run for their money. Their home form has been, been patchy. They've been beaten comfortably by Brighton and Manchester United at home, but then beaten... Burnley and Everton, which was an impressive result considering how well Everton had started the season. So, been a bit patchy at home, but Newcastle have got so many players absent or potentially absent, and a lot of them are key players as well. So, I think with that depleted squad and with Chelsea going into in good form, if they can pick up where they left off before the international break, this only looks like a Chelsea win. So, I've gone exactly the same 2 0 in that one. Um, at 3 pm on Saturday, we've got Aston Villa versus Brighton. Aston Villa, well, they're another team who started the season brilliantly, but it's difficult to know what to make of them, isn't it? 7 2 against Liverpool, absolutely thumped them, then win at Leicester, but then beaten by at home to Leeds and Southampton, and then go and beat Arsenal 3 0 at the Emirates. So who knows what to expect from them? And Brighton, we've said it many times, performing okay, but not picking up the wins. Um, and they're struggling now towards the wrong end of the table. Three points still separating them from the relegation zone. Um, but this is, a, this is a difficult one to call for me because. Aston Villa, as we just mentioned, don't really know what to expect. It's a bit inconsistent. Their last two home results have been poor, obviously. They went 4-0 down to Southampton before coming back to 4-3. Um, whereas Brighton, just they, they keep on looking like they've got the ability to get points out of games, which you wouldn't expect them to get. But then they, they don't go and get those points, certainly not those wins. So it was a difficult one to call this one for me. So I've, I've just gone for Aston Villa. I think it's hard to back against them considering what they did last time out against Aston Villa, what we know they're capable of from those wins against Liverpool and Leicester in particular. Um, and considering Brighton struggles to actually turn performances into results this season. So I've gone for a narrow Aston Villa win. I've gone for 2-1 here. Oh, we've gone the same again. So it's the same on the mm. first two. Yeah, I've gone 2-1. I think, obviously, Brighton, I think the Burnley game last time out was big for them. I really thought they should have won that game. Probably not performance they didn't play too well but I think it's ahead of the game you're looking really really need to win this game to get a bit of confidence going and obviously it was a, a poor nil-nil and 
Villa, on the other hand, like you say, is is so. This is you know arguably the most difficult game to call purely because not because it's the biggest or the you know the most you know eye catching, but just because it's Villa expected to win and you don't really know you know to go and win three 0 Arsenal is incredible. Obviously, there'll be eyes on Jack Grealish. Played really well for England, didn't he? And, yeah. and becoming a his numbers this season are you know really really good. I think over the summer there was a lot of talk about him whether he's quite good enough to play for one of the you know the elite clubs, and I think he's showing that. Now he can do that. Obviously, consistency. You want to do that through the whole season. But this is another big game for him to uh, hopefully influence his side uh, from a Villa point of view. Hopefully, anyway. And um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Might say Brighton even know what you're going to get. They play some good football, but they do concede goals. They've tightened up a little bit defensively recently. That's probably why I haven't gone for a heavier Villa win. I did consider three-one, but goals recently that they've they've tightened up a touch since since conceding four at Everton. So uh, yeah, same as you, two-one Villa. Okay, both 2-1 and that one, both the same so far. We're we'll interested to in see what we've gone for in this next one because it's Pep Guardiola versus uh, Jose Mourinho again. Tottenham high-flying in second place, um, hosting Man City, who have made, as we mentioned before, a patchy start to the season, one all against Liverpool uh, before the international break. They were starting to find their feet a little bit uh, before that, but they're down in 10th, only 12 points from their opening 10 games. Um, and probably more worryingly for them, only 10 goals so far, which is, I think it's 17 fewer than they scored at the same stage of last season, which is a huge difference. And obviously the main difference between them being down in 10th and up towards the top of the table. That said, the amount of points being dropped at the moment this season means that they're not far away from hauling themselves back into that title race. Uh, but for Tottenham, this is a big test of their title credentials. They've got a really difficult run coming up. Um, and we'll really see if they're genuine title contenders in the coming weeks, won't we? Yeah, I think we will. I think that's obviously a little bit of talk and we've spoke about it a little bit, haven't we, about whether they can win the title. And I think the win at um, West Brom before the international break was massive, wasn't it? That late goal, you thought it was going to be nil-nil, dropping two poor points, but really big result. City City are a, a really weird one for me this season. You know, I've seen them play well, I've seen them play poorly. I, th- I thought they played well against Liverpool on another day. You know, De Bruyne scores that penalty and they pick up a... A huge, huge three points. And like you say, they're so they're six points off the the top of the league. They've got a game in hand on Leicester, so it's not you know they win this game, they're, they're right, right back in it. And I don't mm. think they'll win the league this season. Obviously, they'll be up there. I still think they're short. Obviously, they need another another striker for me. You know, a top draw striker. Obviously, Aguero will be out for this game, but they've got a lot of big players available. And I've, I've just gone City here. You know, I, 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 I fancy them. You know, Tottenham, I don't trust them defensively. I've obviously got fantastic players going forward, but I'm still not 100% convinced by them in the, in the massive game. Obviously, they thumped United 6-1, but City are, you know, a lot a lot more well-drilled, a lot better defensively now since Diaz come into the side. So, mm-hmm. with De Bruyne, Diaz, you know, players like that, you know, Laporte, I think they'll be solid at the back. And, uh, yeah, City here 2-1. Interesting. Yeah, I've gone for a draw in this one. I've gone 2 all. I think Mourinho, he has made Tottenham much harder to beat. They're on the longest unbeaten run in the league at the moment since the opening day. Um, I've mentioned before the concerns for me regarding them with a title challenge is the inconsistency and that they can drop points when not expected to. But I don't, not too many people would be too surprised to see them drop points in this game. They fared well against Man City last season as well. I, I just think they, they should get something from this game. Having said that, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Man City go and win it. I wouldn't be surprised to go see Tottenham win it. But for me, I just couldn't separate them. It was a difficult one to call for me, this one. I've gone for a two-all draw, which you know wouldn't really do either club too many favours. But at the same time, I don't think either manager will be too disappointed with that, the way the season's gone so far. Any, any points against um, a Man City side is good for, uh, for Tottenham. And Tottenham flying high, 
away to them. Man City will regard that as a decent point as well, I think. So, yeah, I've gone for a two-all draw in that one. Uh, rounding off Saturday's action is the other Manchester club, Manchester United against West Brom. Um, well, we mentioned Aston Villa. We don't know what to expect from their form. What do, what do we expect from Manchester United? Because the pressure was piled on uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer before visiting Goodison Park uh, last time before the international break. And then they go and win 3-1 there after back-to-back defeats against um, Arsenal and Istanbul. Basetsa here. Um, it's, I mean, so far it's been very clear to separate it into away form and home form. The home form's been dreadful, but surely against West Brom, a West Brom side really struggling towards the bottom of the table, surely this has got to be the time they pick up their first home win of the season, Matt. Yeah, well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? It'd be the game. It's obviously recently, you know, I think the Arsenal game, expect them to win, they lose. Istanbul, expect them to win, they lose. Everton probably expect them to drop points and they win. So it's one of those, that's probably been the story of the season there. Solskjaer always seems to pull out, you know, a big result when he needs it. Mm. Um, incredible knack of doing that, you know, even, you know, back at end back into last season, the form was really good to finish third. Obviously, there was a little bit of pressure on him then. If they'd have fallen off and finished seventh, eighth, you know, he might not still be there. So, you know, West Brom, I still, I think we both tipped them to go down still. I, I still, I don't think they will go down. I just don't think they've got enough, you know, in, in the league this season. Obviously, they played well against Tottenham last time out, but really poor result and losing at Fulham, Losing at Fulham in their last away game, I think, is, mm. wasn't great for confidence. You know, that's that's you know, Fulham, arguably, you know, maybe a little bit harshly, but arguably, you know, the poorest side in the league, certainly defensively. But to lose that game is poor. You know, United, obviously, we spoke earlier, there's a few, more than a few, that's been generous injury, you know, concerns and doubts around in the game. But in part from, you know, Luke Shaw obviously definitely won't play. It looks like Tellez will come in. Obviously, there was talk of him testing positive again for coronavirus, but he... He's there now. He's training. He should play in this game. Obviously, Greenwood, Rashford, there was a little bit of doubt over. There's a lot. Cavani getting off last time out the first goal obviously gives him big confidence. Obviously, Fernandez was fantastic again. So, it's a big game for United. You know, it's one of them you expect in years gone by, a home banker. You couldn't call it that now, but mm. they've got to win, haven't they? they? They have to win this game. I can't knock back them to um, West Brom. I don't think they've got enough going forward to score, to be honest. So, uh, I've gone 2-0, 2-0 United. Yeah, I've gone exactly the same. I mean, I almost worth giving up predicting United because everything I predict, they go and do the opposite. So, as a Liverpool fan, that's not the worst thing in the world if I predict a win and they go and lose this match. But West Brom do actually have a surprisingly good record at Old Trafford. I think they've won three of their last five league visits and only lost one of those, which is incredible considering the stature of the two clubs over over that period. Um, But yeah, it's just so hard to... You can't back a West Brom win in this match. Even a draw is really difficult to back. Uh, so, yeah, I've gone exactly the same as you there, 2-0 to Manchester United. And they really should get that first home win of the season. There's six games without a home win now, stretching back to the end of last season, which is really poor for a club like Manchester United. So, they need to get that win. And there's not many games they'd rather have to pick it up here. So, yeah, both agree on that one, 2-0. Uh, moving on to Sunday's action, Fulham, another team struggling towards the bottom of the table, but they have at least got their first win on the board, unlike West Brom. They got it against West Brom, of course, but then were beaten by... West Ham in their last game before the international break. Everton started the season so well, but now winless in four, lost their last three. Only seem to be going in one direction at the moment, but a game against Fulham for most teams in the league, they'll consider that a real chance to get a win on the board, don't they? Yeah, they will. I think, you know, after the United game, you know, Ancelotti came out and he was quite critical of his team's defending. You know, it's clear. I think, you know, I think he wants a new centre-back, doesn't he? Another one going into January because... I just think, you know, at the back with Michael Keane, you know, Mina, obviously Holgate's in there. Holgate came in after a long period out. There's not a great deal of, you know, real pace back there, real pacey the uh, centre-back. I know they signed uh, Godfrey, didn't they? He hasn't really had a look in so far. But 
I still think they're uh, defensively. I don't think Ancelotti trusts his team really. And they started so well against United, got that early goal. But then, in fairness mm. to United, they were fantastic coming back. And you'd say it's a good game for Everton, but Fulham, you know, Fulham obviously, you know, early on the season they were so poor, and then and then picked up a good result. And then at West Ham, you know, really could have got a point, couldn't they? Obviously, late on that penalty that we spoke about before that. You know, that, that was a really disappointing one because you do feel like there's been little bits of signs of life from Fulham recently. Obviously, they're, they're, they're out of the relegation zone now and I still think they'll be struggling to stay in the league. But you do see little bits and pieces during their games and you think, you know, kind of see what's happening. Obviously, Scott Parker, I do think he's a really bright young coach. I think I think he'll do really well in the game. But it's a tough game. You know, Everton probably more suited to playing away. You know, they lost the last two away, but... They are, they can, you know, pick up really good results and they've got some fantastic players going forward. Um, yeah, then we can trust them defensively. I think Fulham will score, but yeah, I've gone Everton here 2 1. <laughs> yeah, again, I've gone exactly the same that one. I think, yeah, it's, it's a, again, a, a difficult one to call again, purely for Everton's form recently. What to expect? Will they get back to winning ways? And the international break, to be fair, has probably come at a really good time for them because mm-hmm. before the last international break, they were in such good form. It's during the October and November international break, they failed to win a single game and only picked up one point from 12 available. Um, so they really need to get back on track. And a game against Fulham, as I mentioned, is a good chance to do that for most teams. So, yeah, um, I agree with you there. I think Everton 2-1 in this one. Um, also on Sunday, Sheffield United versus West Ham. Sheffield United propping up the rest of the league at the moment, bottom of the table. Still only one point from that opening eight games. They need a win on the board uh, sooner rather than later. They've got West Brom. Um, in their match after this away from home which is also shaping up to be a really big game West Ham they've been impressive in recent weeks their only defeat recently has been away to Liverpool and they've picked up some decent points against some big teams in that time um, obviously their, their run at the moment is now a lot easier than it was uh, back in October and, and before that they got they beat Fulham last time out Sheffield United here obviously how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think that's the point, really, isn't it? You mentioned, obviously, their run is better, but they're the game type of games that West Ham tend to drop points, you know, the ones they mm. should win. And Sheffield United, obviously. I think both of us probably fancied a little bit of second season syndrome for Sheffield United, but perhaps not as bad as it's been this season. I think, obviously, last time out against Chelsea, you feel like if that game was last season, obviously started so well, they'd give a really good account of themselves to maybe pick up a point. But it's to lose 4-1 at Chelsea. I know Chelsea are playing quite well recently, but disappointing. Obviously, Sheffield United's run has been been terrible, but you do feel like there's a big result coming. I, I sort of flirted with a Sheffield United winning this one, but West Ham, I do think you have to give them a lot of respect. Obviously, Antonio is still out, but apart from that, obviously, Declan Rice is playing fantastic at the moment. They've got some really good players uh, in the final third and all over the pitch. I think David Moyes has done done well with them this season. I do think they're moving in the right direction after, you know, a difficult season, a difficult few seasons, to be honest. Such a big club. But it's a, it's a tough one, this one. You know, I went back and forth. I feel like we're going to go the same in the end. But uh, I did go 1-1 in the end just because Sheffield United, you know, after the international break, you know, a lot of players that would have been back at the training ground, you know, fired up and, uh, and you know, really wanting to get off the board, you know, another point on the board. So, uh, yeah, 1-1, yeah. We have gone different. I've gone for 1-0 to West Ham. I, I, I find it really hard to back Sheffield United in this form. I, I know what you're saying, that they, you know, a, a result is coming. I don't expect them to be going on this badly for the entire season. Um, they've still got the same principles, a lot of the same squad that did so well last season. And Chris Wilder's still, obviously, a very good manager. Um, it just hasn't really gone their way. And we mentioned West Ham's really difficult run of fixtures. We have to say Sheffield United have had one as well. Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea in four of the last five games. So um, you have to say that for them as well. And West Ham is probably 
certainly on paper, an easier test than many of those games they've had. Um, but they do need a win on the ball. Confidence will be quite low, and you know those thoughts will start be, start to be creeping into their heads now of whether last season was a one-off and whether they're actually good enough for this level. Um, you'd hope last season would have given them enough confidence to to say to themselves, yes, they are certainly good enough for this level. Um, but West Ham, I think that themselves, they'll have lo- loads of confidence on their recent run. I think at the start of the season, they might have been fearing maybe another relegation battle. Um, you know, particularly after losing at home to Newcastle on the opening day. But I think their results more recently would have made them think they could certainly push for the top half, avoid a relegation battle. You know, one of those teams alongside maybe Newcastle, who could probably, you know, too good to be involved in a relegation battle and maybe pushing towards the top half. And we'll see how good they are. Probably in games like this, to be honest, we'll see how good they are in games where it's not going to be easy to get out the win. They might need to grind it out a bit, but I can see them doing exactly that. So I've gone for 1-0 to West Ham in this one. Um, also on Sunday we've got Leeds versus Arsenal a really intriguing game Leeds have earned plenty of plaudits so far this season the way they started the season they went toe-to-toe with Liverpool ultimately lost that game but obviously got a point against Man City as well beat Fulham in a thriller beat Sheffield United but more recently um, back-to-back 4-1 defeats against Leicester and Crystal Palace so they've hit a slump which they need to get out of whereas Arsenal They'll be demanding a response to that 3-0 home defeat against Aston Villa. Really, really poor performance and um, result in that game, obviously, on the back of beating Manchester United at Old Trafford. So another team played by inconsistency to a certain extent. How do you see this one going? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really big one, this one. I think for a number of reasons. You know, Arsenal, I'll put them similar bracket to Manchester United in terms of that you can't really trust them in games. You know, I think, you know, I've said this before, you know, you look at Liverpool and City and teams like that and would you see, you know, Liverpool? I know this Leicester did, you know, the job on City this season, but you already see City or Liverpool getting beat 3 0 at home by Aston Villa. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, that might happen in the past at some point, but you never really think those teams are going to get, you know, put obviously the Villa, the Villa one, Liverpool stands out, yeah. but consistently, you know what I mean? Going forward, you, yeah. you just you just don't trust Arsenal, Manchester United teams like that to pick up, you know, big, big results and, you know, to lose 3 0 at home to Villa. Going into an international break after you know beating Manchester United last time is just the story of Arsenal. I do think you know Arteta's got a lot of plaudits, and I do think he's a really good coach. But does he get off a little bit lightly in terms of you know this season they've been quite poor? You know, there's never any criticism at all of Arteta. No one ever, you know, and I don't I don't think he deserves criticism, but maybe a little bit of a question. There's so much talk of you know Solskjaer and. And, you know, maybe a little bit on Lampard as well, but but doesn't really seem to be too much. And I think this is a big one. Obviously, Leeds, like you say, recent results have been, you know, really disappointing. To lose back-to-back 4-1 is, you know, far from ideal and not what, you know, Marcel Bielsa would have had in had in mind. And, yes, yeah, so it's a big one. You can see, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if any result happened, the draw Leeds win Arsenal win, it wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't look at him and think that's, that's you know, quite surprising. I do think it's quite open, but... Uh, Setting the fence slightly, but you know, as it's, I'm predicting an entertaining game, I, I do think it'll be there'll be some goals. So I've gone two-two here, draw. I've also gone for a draw. I've gone for one-all. I think um, what, you, what you mentioned about Arteta, I think the thing with him is he's still relatively, obviously, new to the job. I think people like Solskjaer are a bit further down the line with the job and should have seen more progress. Whereas I think Arteta has shown more signs of having them on the right path. But as you say, yeah, he's. <laughs> He needs to start picking up more consistent results. You look at their eight games this season in the Premier League, they've won four and lost four and only scored nine goals. So, you know, yeah, the perception is probably that they're doing a little bit better than that, but they, they have been very inconsistent. And 3 um, 0, as you mentioned, at home to Aston Villa last time out, 
is a poor result. And Leeds certainly have the ability, if, if Arsenal play as badly as they did against Villa, Leeds have the ability to, to hit them for 3-0 um, themselves in this game. So they'll need a vast improvement in this match. Having said that, Leeds also need a vast improvement. And the two inconsistent forms, uh, is inconsistent teams going head-to-head, difficult to call. So yeah, I've, I've sat on the fence as well, gone for a draw. Uh, one all in this one. Uh, one of the most intriguing games in this weekend comes first versus third. Liverpool playing Leicester. Liverpool obviously have suffered a horrendous international break. We might might as well get to it. Joe Gomez pretty much out for the season. Van Dijk already out for the season. Alexander-Arnold out. Henderson, the list goes on. Thiago doesn't look like he's going to be available. Fabinho, maybe not. Um, even the backups seem to be getting injured with Reese Williams. Uh, Nico Williams potentially out. Andy Robertson, there's a doubt over him. Pretty much the the full back four could be missing. I think Robertson probably will play, um, but the full back four could be missing. Some midfield is missing. The captain, top scorer, Mohamed Salah has obviously got coronavirus, so absolutely ravaged by injury at the moment, Liverpool. So this is a real test of their metal, I think. And I think certainly without Gomez and Van Dijk for the season, if they can be in and around the title race, that would have been a very good job done from from Liverpool to make up for those two losses. Um, they probably wouldn't want to play Leicester. They probably Leicester would probably be top of their list of teams not to play at this moment because they're in such good form, top of the table going into this one. Um, six wins from their eight games this season. I think it's six games with six wins in a row across all competitions. Um, beat Wolves last time out before the international break. It's, it's going to be a very tough game for Liverpool. I think the one saving grace for them is it obviously comes at Anfield where they've got such a good record, such a long unbeaten record that unbeaten record won't have been tested quite as much as it is going to be in this game with Leicester in that form and Liverpool depleted by so many injuries. But they have coped pretty well since Van Dijk's injury, certainly. And I think that that injury and the subsequent injuries is going to have changed their style. It's, they won't take as many risks going forward in terms of their high pressing and leaving their defence um, so high and you know, prone to pace getting in at the back, which was the cause for Aston Villa's 7-2 win over them. Um, they're defending a little bit deeper, which obviously you'd rather have Van Dijk in there, but it is made it has made them more solid at the back since Van Dijk got injured, actually. Um, having said that, also having Gomez injured, also having Alexander-Arnold injured and potentially Robertson, um, you, get, you know, it just d- depends how that second-string defence gets on, isn't it? So against Vardy in that leg, I can't see them keeping a clean sheet in this one, but also... At Anfield, it's very difficult to back against Liverpool losing. So I've gone for a two-all draw in this one, a very difficult one to call. Yeah, I think the fact you mentioned that obviously it is at Anfield is a big thing, isn't it? If it was at Leicester, I'd pro- probably be going Leicester here, to be honest. Mm. But just because going into that confidence, you know, I was doing the injury suspension list for Liverpool yesterday and you just, it was never ending. It's incredible, isn't mm. it? You know, you're always going to get injuries in the game. Certainly, there's a lot of talk about this season, obviously such little time off and so many games, you know, Champions League, international. Think about the players, you know, the international players for the top clubs, you know, they've been playing, you know, every few days, haven't they? With very little break, obviously travelling, you know, European, Premier League, international. It's a lot of football, isn't it? You know, I think ones like Joe Gomez, obviously you can't, you know, let that that kind of stuff like that, you know, no one around him goes down. That sort of stuff is just, you know, just bad luck, really. It's not anything other than that, but but you know the ligaments and the, and things like that at the moment are really tested purely because there's so so many minutes in the legs. But it's hard to back Liverpool in this game. I think Liverpool to get a point against City was a really good result taking everything in consideration. But I think Salah was available for this game. You always feel with Salah and Mane, you know, whether who will be up there with him for me. You always feel like Liverpool will win. But the fact that Salah's out is it's a big one. I think Leicester 
been really I think I think Leicester doing so much right this season I think as well moving forward it looks like Ndidi and Ricardo are starting to get back into training obviously won't play in this game but if they can get Ricardo Pereira you know Ndidi players like that back for Christmas time mm. Leicester could really have a go you know because they've played so well without them obviously Castagna looks like he'll come back in for this game obviously he's been out and you look at Leicester and Soyuncu as well we haven't even mentioned it was such a good such a good player wasn't he last season they've got so many players out that will come into their team improve them yeah. And I do think they'll have a real good go. Obviously, James Madison as well will be keen to... Because you're not in England set up at the moment. He needs a strong second half of the season to get in the England squad. So, it's, it's a tough one. You know, I went sort of back and forth on this. I can't back... I can't, just can't back Liverpool to lose at home as much as I want to. It's just hard, isn't it, to back Liverpool to get beat at Anfield, even with their players out. And, um, yeah, I've gone 1-1 in the end. I think Leicester, Brendan Rodgers, really, really good coach. I think he's excellent. I think he's one of the best in the league, you know, without a doubt. And, uh Leicester, I think, the real deal this season. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll get a point, 1-1. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers back at Anfield, obviously, as well. Yeah, I hate to admit it, but I wouldn't be too surprised to see Liverpool's long and beat run at home come to an end. But we're both back in jaws in that one, just because that Anfield record has it's become a fortress for them. It's hard to back against them, even with their injury worries. So, both going for a draw in that one. Um, on to Monday night, the, double, the first of the doubleheader is Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Burnley in 19th place, one of those three teams still yet to win a game this season, only two points from their seven games. Uh, Crystal Palace 4-1 against Leeds United before the international break. That's a fantastic result, isn't it? How do you see this one going? Yeah, I think, you know, there's games in certain game weeks and sometimes you just look at them and you think that's a nil-nil and it's hard to back nil-nil, isn't it? I think, did you get a nil-nil recently? No, I, I, I thought of Sermon, but I didn't go for Oh, it. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was like, yeah, we both agreed. I just think this game, you know, I looked at it and, you know, a little bit of fault and I just think, you know, it's going to be nil-nil. Obviously, Palace, maybe, obviously, because Palace did so well last time out, didn't they, against Leeds, obviously helped mm. by a dodgy call. Um, but, yeah, they've got some goals in them this season, Palace, and they tend to draw nil-nil, but going to Burnley, you know, it's... It's, it's a tough one. Just Burnley this season, obviously, I think they'll struggle. I think they'll be down there at the end. I think Palace will be fine because, you know, they've had some injuries. They've got to get some players back now and, and they have got a lot of, you know, firepower going forward. But, you know, the early game on Monday, you just feel like there's, in each game week, there's games you look at and you think, well, this is going to be a bit of a poor one. And, and maybe I've cursed it a little bit here. But, yeah, I just think I looked at it and I thought, you know, would a point be the worst result in the world for either side off the, off the back of an international break? I don't think so. You know, a point of Burnley is not a bad result and holding Palace would not be awful for Burnley, even though they certainly certainly need a win at this stage of the season. But uh, yeah, it's just gone nil-nil. Nothing more to say, really. <laughs> yeah, I think that nil-nil we were talking about was the last Burnley game against Brighton, mm. which in hindsight does have nil-nil written all over yeah. it, doesn't it? Burnley's scoring record this season is poor. I think I'm just looking at it now. It's one goal in the last seven games across all competitions, yeah, three terrible. goals in their seven league games all season. It's a really poor record. Um, just making me rethink what I've, I've written down here as my choice, but I'll stick with it. Um, I've gone for 2-1 to Crystal Palace. I can see Palace getting the win. You look at their league position in, at, at the moment. It's really good. Eighth place, yeah, four wins from their eight games so far. You look at the teams they're above in the table at the moment. Wolves, Man City, Arsenal, Manchester United, Leeds United. Mm. They're doing really well at the moment. Roy Hodgson deserves so much credit. Um, and they'll start thinking, you know, what's the ceiling of their ambition this season? Can they push certainly for top half? Can they maybe even push towards the top seven and hope that's good enough for Europa League football? Um, whether they've got the consistency to do that remains to be seen. Um, they haven't won back-to-back uh, -back games in a, in a while since September in the Premier League. Um, 
in all competitions in a while before that. So this will be a real test of whether they can do that after such a good result against Leeds last time out. They probably wouldn't have wanted the international break to come immediately after that result against Leeds. As you say, it is always going to be tough visiting Burnley. Um, obviously, Burnley have lost their last uh, couple of home games. Uh, last time out at home, it was 3-0 against Chelsea, which obviously they were well beaten in that one. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have backed Burnley to score, but I'll stick with it. I've gone for 2-1 to Crystal Palace in this one. I think I think they'll have enough just to pile a bit more misery on Burnley, who are very difficult to back at the moment, the form they're in. Uh, rounding off the game week's action is Wolves versus Southampton. This is a very interesting match. Wolves, they earn a lot of credit. They're ninth in the table, uh, three defeats. They're another one we fall into the inconsistent bracket. There's so many of them this season. Uh, beaten by Leicester last time out to end their um, unbeaten one. Southampton in superb form, aren't they? Fourth in the table, five wins from their opening eight games. Uh, three wins in a row in the Premier League against Everton, Aston Villa and Newcastle United. Um, it's a difficult one to call this one. Southampton obviously now without Danny Ings, but that didn't hamper them too much um, against Newcastle last time out. If they had Danny Ings in their, in their side, I'd probably back them to go and win this game. Wolves have obviously got plenty of quality themselves, but they're a frustrating team to, to call, really. They, they, they've got the capability, I, I feel like, back to all for them quite a lot. And they don't actually score that many goals or, you know, haven't been conceding too many goals this season either. Eight goals scored and nine goals conceded in the league this season, which when you consider how much the goals have been flying in, isn't anything to write home about really. So I've gone for a slightly um, less high scoring game this time around. But again, I've gone for a draw in this one. I've gone for one all. 1-1, one, one, yeah, that's the same as me. I thought he's going 2-2 two, two again. But yeah, I just think, you know, Wolves this season, they are a funny team, aren't they? You watch them, you know, in certain stages, it's not even game to game, in certain stages of the game, they'll have a really good first half and then they'll really poor second half, they'll have an excellent second half and they'll play poorly in the first half. They're just, they are a strange team and you, I wouldn't be confident about calling where they're going to finish this season, you know, if they finish 10th, mm. you know, 7th. I don't think they're good enough or consistent enough to push for the top four, not really push for it, you know what I mean? They might be able to, you know, push themselves up a little bit, but I don't think they're good enough to do that. Southampton, you know, so like you mentioned, really, Danny Ings, if they can, if they can get, obviously, the fact that it's not going to be a season ender for Danny Ings, if they can get him back as soon as they can get him back, if they can stay in and around the top, you know, six, seven teams, you really feel like Southampton could push for like top seven maybe this season, you know, top eight, they're really, really good. You know, Che Adams has stepped forward last time against Newcastle. I think after the Villa mm. game, which was a big game, you know, obviously topsy-turvy 4-3. The next one was always going to be big, you know, home to Newcastle. That's a really big game off the back of that one. To can, you know, can you pick up another three points? And the fact they did was was excellent. And Ward-Prowse is playing fantastic. Obviously, they've tied Ramo to a new contract in midfield. And obviously, he's been fantastic for them. I've always thought that he could play higher than that. You know, obviously, he was at Chelsea. I feel like he could be a good squad player for one of the big clubs. You know, a lot, a lot of good things going for Southampton at the moment. Yeah, Wolves... It's just a 1-1 game, really, isn't it? You know, Wolves, just not sure. You know, there are loads of good players going forward. Great technicians in midfield. They defend, you know, quite well. Obviously, good with the three centre-backs. And obviously, Connor Cody's been been good again this season, you know, in, in England set-up now. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's a weird one to call for me. And, uh, yeah, I found it difficult to back either. So, uh, yeah, 1-1. Yeah, Wolves OK at home in Southampton last season. was so good away. And I've been decent this season away so far, apart from that defeat at Palace, haven't they? So, Difficult one to call. We're both going for one all in that one. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, Matt, as ever. Um, we will be back next week for the next round of Premier League predictions. Um, you can find uh, previews and features for all of these matches and many more over on sportsmall.co.uk. And as ever, you can subscribe to this podcast and on all the usual channels and subscribe to watch us on YouTube to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Look forward to seeing you again soon.